0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Unplugged Podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership?
1: Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode into a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged.
0: Hi everyone, this is James and Terry Kraft here at the Life Unplugged podcast. And we are so excited today because we have Kristen Snowden as our special guest coming in today and she's going to be sharing with us. Um, and we're going to talk about a, a great uh, issue of boundaries, and boundaries in marriage, and boundaries in relationships, and boundaries in life. Um, but, uh, well, can you just welcome Kristen Snowden? So Kristen's welcome.
2: Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Is Long time in the making. That is.
0: We've been talking about this for some time. And and Kristen, uh, you and I, and Terry, we work side by side with uh, uh, some clients, and and, uh, we love doing that because you hone in with a laser and then we just come alongside and we live life with these people. And so it's really been a great partnership in that. And, uh, we're, we're thankful for what you do, but first of all, before we get going, cause I know we have a subject matter that we want to cover today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, you know, and unpack that.
2: Sure. Um, I have been a licensed marriage and family therapist for going on a little over, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, when I was trying to figure out what kind of area I wanted to work in, I found my passion, believe it or not, when I found myself running a men's drug and sex addiction mm-hmm. program in Malibu, California. Um, I loved the work. I loved working in addiction. And I also um, worked with a great mentor, Dr. Rob Weiss, who kind of helped me really understand the way that we mess up relationships, how we have a really kind of cultural and familial struggle with understanding true intimacy yeah. and f- seeing how, you know, kind of the people who, who have the most extreme symptoms of that issue helped me to also see how we, uh, really mess up relationships and sex and intimacy in the mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And so I was I'm really grateful for that. Um, now I work at a residential treatment center who kind of does, um, dual diagnosis, mental health struggles, addiction struggles, recoveries, and also run a private practice. That's
0: cool. That's, That's cool.
1: amazing. And you have touched so many lives. I mean, so many people that, that I've come in contact with as well as my own. I love Kristen because she is always open to growth. <laughs> At, we, whenever we talk, it's always like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to grow in that area or yeah, you know, write that down on my list. Or I love the fact that you yourself have the same kind of tenacity, you know, through which you obviously professionally work with others, but you apply that tenacity to your own life, and so that—that that to me is inspiring.
0: Yeah, we like to align ourselves with people who are authentic. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and let's be honest about being honest.
2: I, I love what you guys do um, because w- once you realize that all of this exists in so many people's lives, I feel always feel so much gratitude to hear. The truth about the struggles is mm-hmm. as ugly and dark as they can get mm-hmm. the manipulative, lying, sneaking around. Look, we are all capable of these That's things. Right. There's no hierarchy of sins in this respect. And I just love when we can all kind of speak the truth and speak it out and yeah. find empathy and compassion and camaraderie in this kind of struggle as we all make our way through
0: relationships. You know, it's the fun thing about relationships when we're like that, because when we have conversations with you, it's pretty straightforward. You know, we don't beat around the bush. We get to the point. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to do that today with everybody on the, on this podcast. And I'm excited about jumping into it because I believe we're going to have you back over and over because we really believe that you have a great voice for what we're doing here. Um, but today we're going to have a conversation about boundaries. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's funny because uh, if you want to find great videos, then you can look up Kristen Snowden on um, YouTube. I mean, y- you can even explain more about that. But she does amazing videos um, on her website as well, com. Um, and we will have all that information uh, there for you as well. But she has great resources. And, and when I was working with some clients and we were needing some resources on boundaries, um, of course, you know, um, I'm in the Townsend program. So, of course, you know, boundaries comes up. So some of those great resources as well. But who who comes right up to the surface when I, when I typed that in on Google was Kristen Snowden. And I loved it because your videos were so good. On this, and every thank one of you. my clients said, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, that you sent me that video." So, you know, tell us a little bit about that, and then we're going to just dive right in
2: about the videos or about yeah, that? yeah. About the just how do people can yeah, how's it? Has a e- yeah, well, um, I've been fortunate enough to be invited by Dr. Rob Weiss to be a part of um, his endeavors, um, which is he has a great resource, two of them actually, which is sexandrelationshiphealing.com. And he has created a plethora, a whole calendar of every day. There are uh, live webinars, Q and A's. And again, these run the spectrum of extreme symptoms of severe kind of sexual acting out or addictive kind of substance abuse issues, major, major marital crises Mm -hmm. to again, just people who are finding themselves unhappy, um, in their marriages, in their lives and all can benefit across the board, you know, all levels of betrayal, trauma, et cetera, and levels of recovery. So, uh, while I have a heart to work with the people who have intense symptoms, I want to talk to the people just under the radar. Yeah. So that's all there once a week. I do once a month. I do that. And then, um, I also have my YouTube videos and that's my great. Own website.
0: That's yeah. great. great. Well, yeah. we're going to have that information, um, on this podcast. You can look at the text and you'll be able to find it and get the links there. Um, but today we want to jump into what boundaries are. Cause I know that in relationships you deal with relationships all the time because they involve people and so, one of the major factors of um, broken relationships is just broken boundaries. There's no boundaries there, you know. And so, I want us to start unpacking. First of all, I'll just ask you the question. You know, you have a passion for this. Boundaries is one of those things that kind of mm-hmm. just um, you just t- it makes you tick a little bit, right? It's, it's it kind of has your identity all over it. But what is it that you? How do you feel that boundaries um, really apply in a healthy way for relationships as a person? and in with relationships with uh, with other people.
2: Well, whenever I talk about boundaries, I start with the story that I was, you know, a licensed therapist, I'd gotten apparently a master's degree in learning how to do relationships right. And when I was in my own um, marital crisis, I was working at a treatment center and a colleague of mine handed me this boundary sheet. It it is a version of what you're going to see posted on the website because it's something that I still use today. She said, oh, th- this is a really great group to to do. It's a great topic that everyone would benefit mm. from. I said, oh, thanks. And I sat down referencing my own marital struggles and my own unhappiness. And I start reading. It's basically it's two columns of these are the unhealthy ways of engaging with people with boundaries. And these are the healthy ways of engaging with people with boundaries. And I could highlight every single unhealthy boundary mm. down <laughs> the column. And it was one of the most eye-opening experiences Mm -hmm. because I think um, conceptually you can kind of hear, you hear the term boundaries all the time. That's a boundary violation. And you need to, you know, think about what your boundaries are. But really, it's not until you see a a chart like this or you really talk about it in this way that I think it kind of sinks into your soul and realize Mm. how much the lack of boundaries uh, in your life can kind of suck Your soul dry and make you passive aggressive, directly aggressive. Why you want to go to those substances, why you want to overspend or use porn or any of these kind of things yeah so um i've i've that really helped me start learning in my own life how important boundaries are that's good that's it's good. not just a word, yeah, yeah, I know
1: well and, and and they're often hard and a little bit elusive I think when when people say yeah that that's a boundary violation or what's wrong with me? why is it that I feel so taken advantage of or um, push down all the time or totally just berserk in my schedule. What's wrong with me? You know, and then we mm-hmm. go into that shame, you know, structure and it's just, it's confusing. Once you start to kind of see these things, you can have a little more kindness toward yourself and realizing, okay, okay, this is a reality. I love this. The first one, this is like been my struggle for, you know, so many years. And, and if I'm not on it it will continue to be, you can't say no, this is an unhealthy boundary. You can't say no because you are afraid of rejection or abandonment. <laughs> so, I mean, mm. wow.
2: Amen. Sister.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's important, Kristen, because it, now I'm going to step out there. I'm, I'm with two ladies here, but this is not just for women. This is for men. And I think oh, men have okay. a harder time with boundaries than women do, you know, because, but they put a mask up, like hey, everything's fine. We kind of act macho and strong and, but really, I think guys deal with boundary issues probably more than women do and in some ways because they are trying to protect themselves like, hey, I don't want to show a weakness in me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you I- see that with the people you work with and, and uh, in your experience?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, a Addiction is often a boundary violation, right? right? Because what what is addiction? It's that I'm willing to compromise uh, how much I love other people and and my values and the fact that I love my job and I love my family and that I'm not going to put my recovery yeah. um, first and foremost or a priority in my life. Um, that that's essentially a boundary violation. You know, I'm kind of willing to lie, manipulate and sneak around and compromise who I am in order to keep this in my life. That's right. That's right.
0: And I know that as I work with so many guys, it's, that is probably one of the major factors. Yeah. Uh, working with guys, they just don't have boundaries and it's, it's honestly, they don't a lot of times respect themselves a lot of ways, you know, so they'll just continue to move through life in that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think too when you're, you know, I I, I love this list, so I I highly recommend, um, you know, finding this on, we'll, on we'll our, have we'll have it have on there, uh, and and printing it out. But but there's just it's so practical, and and, and and really honestly, when you're when you're working with people, and just like you said, there's a whole spectrum. Like we'll sit down with couples who are really actually doing very well in their life. I mean, they're pretty well adjusted and they have a a, a great relationship, but there's areas in their life where they don't have great boundary structure. So they might have great boundary structure with, let's say someone who comes up and starts to, to demean their child. And they're like, Oh, Hey, no, that you cannot say that, you you know, n- no, or, you know, th- there's other things going on in your life and you're able to, but then when maybe their spouse, something happens with their spouse, they're, they're afraid of that abandonment issue because of maybe some other wounds in their life. And all of a sudden boundary structure goes kind of just out, out, out the Absolutely. door. Absolutely. You know, so talk, talk a little bit about that, even with, with, with couples, you know, in a, in a, in a marriage relationship, you know, is it okay to have boundaries? You know, how do we effectively have the boundary? Do we start first individually and then, you know, as a marriage relationship? I mean, how would you, how would you say like the best place to start when I'm, when I'm looking at some of these things and going, "Mm, yeah, I, I need, I need to start this journey and looking at like, what did you do when you went, oh my goodness, I've got these things. Yeah,
2: so I kind of went it from at it from a um I obviously that was a weak muscle in me, um, something new. So I know repetitiveness eventually can kind of set in and I'd adopt a language um from it. So I kind of backdoored it. Someone kinda handed this to me and and I said, Wow, I really suck at this. <laughs> and so what I started doing is I would just keep it with me and every time I'd engage in a relationship, not even necessarily, you know, a spouse, but colleagues friends family i would reference it daily almost and Mm. say when i was engaging with these people did i keep my side of the street clean by you know trying to stay as aligned in the healthy boundary column versus Mm. the unhealthy and then it just kind of started um showing me where my weak points were and what I needed to kind of work on. Mm-hmm. And of course you cannot talk about boundaries without talking about shame and vulnerability, right. you know, because that's where I eventually started backdooring into it is this, why was it so scary or what, why was I so resistant to assert this boundary, you know, and then you get into the trauma pieces of the, um, fear of abandonment a fear of, okay, if I show you my real self, my real self, that's not so amiable and so bendable and so accommodating that actually asserts who I am and what I need. Mm -hmm. And I ask for something, then I'm actually being vulnerable. And so if, and when you reject me, it's going to hurt even more. Yeah. Because I'm not a manipulative version of myself. I'm the real deal that has boundaries and wants and needs. And then I could just get the smack down, and that's hard to recover from.
0: You yeah. sure? Yeah, you sure. Well, I see that in relationships too. I'd like for you to kind of just unpack a little bit more about the shame aspect, though, uh, because I know that, okay, here you know, I work with a lot of guys um, that deal with a lot of shame. And so, how does that really practically hinder a um, a person? I don't want to just uh, look at a specific gender, but a person from actually establishing healthy boundaries.
2: Oh, I would love to talk about shame. In, in my treatment center, sometimes they call me the shame
0: lady. Um, so I set you up pretty good then.
1: Not like the shame lady that gives shame, more like you are a shame guru. Yeah. Right. I'm a certified Daring Way uh, candidate
2: or a facilitator with Brene Brown, so yes. I do, I do awesome. speak her language. But um, anyway, look, the the key foundational things that everyone has to understand when talking about boundaries is that, humans are neurobiologically wired to want to connect. Um, you know, there's obviously there's the safety in numbers. Mm -hmm. We will survive more likely if we have people around us, there's the reproductive drives, but all the good hormones and chemicals come out of us. When we are in connection with other people, we're having that deep talk, we're hugging, we're holding that baby, we're having sex. And then conversely, there are really yucky, uncomfortable hormones and chemicals that come out of our body when we're in disconnection with people, when we've failed at something. So we might not feel enough when Mm -hmm. we are in that argument, when someone dies or, or we lose someone in our life and we're grieving the loss of them. Those are really bad feelings. So wherever there's a strong drive to connect with other people, uh, there will also be a strong presence of fear of what if I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And so we behave in certain ways. We learn kind of these skills, we adjust who we are. And we maybe never get the opportunity to explore who we are because we're so busy kind of being a chameleon to accommodate mm-hmm. other people because there's this drive in us to keep everyone in our life at all costs, mm-hmm. cost of our sanity, cost of us maybe abusing ourselves with substances. And it's all shame driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when you want... To say okay, and that's not working for me anymore. Um, you have to really rumble with those shame voices, right? Mm-hmm. To to realize that um, you know we had to think uh, when we talk about um, someone who's extremely generous with their time and very sacrificial. All our culture kind of puts that up on a pedestal that, you know, she did that. she just gave all her money or she gave all her time to the point that it made her so sick. And we just are like, Oh, that's a mother Teresa. That's just mm. such a great person. But really, you know, and as Brene Brown says, um, you cannot be a wonderful caretaker and a lover of other people without boundaries. yeah You know, you have to have, um, the strength to say, I can care for you and I can give to you to an extent because there's still, I can never, the, the, my my generosity ends when I start feeling like there's a resentment there yeah. or when it's at the the sacrifice of my own self-love or my own needs. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to always acknowledge that, you know, that it, when you're delivering that food to the sick people or mm-hmm. you're giving that money or you're doing that extra hour for the kids or for the job, you always have to check inside your heart to say, am I doing this with a giving heart or am I doing it with a big pile of resentment that's going to come out in, you know, anger and passive aggression. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's such a good point. And, 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 looking at some of these as well, when you say check in, what a great, uh, a great term. Um, because when I'm giving, when I'm even in my relationship with, with my spouse is, is being able to say, Hey, this is, this is okay Um, but this isn't okay. You know, maybe it's, it could be, you know, a a number of things, but when I check in and I I love this, it's like, am I checking in and I'm, am am I asking myself, am I doing these things because I don't want to appear weak or I don't want to, um, I don't want to be rejected or abandoned. I don't want, um, others to, uh, think that I'm, you know, not the perfect person. Um, you know, will it, will it show as if, as if I'm, um, I'm not the, the giving Christian, you right. know, and, and all of these things. And it, and it's, it's, this is such a great looking at these unhealthy boundaries. What a great list of things to help me check in and go, why am I doing what I'm doing? Cause if I'm doing it for the right reasons, it actually feels like freedom. It feels like right. true love. It feels like, right. Like, like empowered as opposed to Oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then I'm stressing out. My hair's sticking out, you know, uh, on on every, you know, level I show up, I give them the food and then I drive away and I feel empty. There's a difference there, right? You know, or even in a marriage relationship when I'm saying, Hey, I want to have this mutuality. I want to have this connection, um, with one another, but there is abusive language going on or Mm -hmm. there's, there's, you know, um, some kind of cycle Mm -hmm. that's going on under the surface.
2: Or there's quid pro quo, how many marriages are based on, yeah. I do this yeah, because I'm hoping you can read my mind and yeah. give me this in return yeah. instead of, um, as another term that Brene Brown uses that I love is clear is kind. The Mm. more clear you can be about what I want, what I need, uh, this is okay, this is not okay, is safety. I mean, it's Parenting 101, right? Right. We've all are taught from childhood to give your kids very clear boundaries, very clear containment creates the element of safety, Mm -hmm. of okay, I understand where I can act and where I can't act and what I can do. And a marriage needs that as well, especially after betrayal.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that with people, and I think even without the betrayal too, it's just because betrayal is not just a sexual betrayal. Mm -hmm. That could be something where your trust is being broken. You're being verbally abused or emotionally abused, or or just being let down over and over. You're not reliable. You know, the spouse is not reliable, and so it comes into that state of uh, not trusting the other person. You know, so you know, I look at these boundaries. I I think, gosh, it really is when we look at them. Like, yeah, that's self-explanatory. But it's not, it's scary how much um, our society is living in these healthy, unhealthy boundaries because we live in such a transactional world. You just said it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. You know, if I do this, I'm going to get this out of you, you know, rather than having these healthy boundaries. And I think Terry, you said it really well. You really feel filled when you are in relationships rather than drained. You know, it doesn't drain you when you have those boundaries. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm going to ask you to kind of um, extrapolate a little bit. Um, it, it, one of these unhealthy boundaries is, is your identity consists of what you think others want you to be. And um, speak a little bit to the fact or, or the connection that our, our identity, our personal identity, our strength of character, our, our strength of, you know, identity, I guess, inside really impacts the boundary um, formation like like do we what does that have to do with each other what does identity have to do with holding a boundary do we you know
2: yeah well especially when a crisis hits and you kind of everything gets knocked down and you have a foundation you go okay o- often crises hit because um, there's been kind of a loss of self, loss of values, loss of kind of you've gone down the path and you didn't quite realize it's kind of that frog boiling in the pot. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes crises (laughs) smack you upside the head and you're completely Mm -hmm. blindsided. But nonetheless, most often they lead to you having to kind of rebuild and re-engage those really important questions. Okay, who am I? What what do I stand for? What are my non-negotiables? A lot of people, when you're... A raised in an unsafe environment, you're never given the safety to kind of figure out, wow, when I'm sad, I emote this way. And then I use this coping skill to get through this uncomfortable moment. Wow, um, I like to use my voice in these kind of ways. And these things are really important to me. Um, but what I always say when I encourage people, when we use these again, these just they could just be words, which is authenticity, mm. integrity, boundaries. I really try to give people an understanding of like, you just have to put it through this filter of, you know, who are you? What are your values? So what are the most significant things in your life, which values work? That's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm, That's really, really, really really tough work. Um, Especially when you've never been given this safety and containment to figure that out for yourself. And then are you lying or manipulating in any kind of way? Or are you being just your true self, not asking for, or, um, behaving to get a specific outcome mm. in, in the end. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where it's tied in. I'm not yeah. sure. If that yeah,
1: no, that's right. great. So I, I think where I'm going with that too is, is because sometimes, you know, we read a list of things like that and it's like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, um, with a lot of the women that I've worked with and, and when James and I work with couples as well. So I've observed that in, in numerous settings that, Asking someone to have a boundary structure or to, you know, have this boundary formation Mm -hmm. is really hard until there is some foundational sort of identity value structure that kind of supports it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like asking you to, you know, hold something that you don't have the strength yet to do. So, you know, maybe speak to the beginning stages of how someone would even go about, you know, working through some of this stuff.
2: Well, good old Brene Brown has some really great sound bites for things like that. Okay. So, what she she says, and and I definitely agree with the simplicity of this approach, is that she has her little sound bite, mm. and her sound bite for figuring out your boundaries is choose discomfort over resentment. Mm. So, anytime a family member, friend ch- engages with you by asking you to do something, or you just had a discussion with them where maybe you're left with some feelings afterward. You have to stop and say, okay, I need to choose the discomfort of maybe re-engaging that conversation, asking clarifying questions, or saying that, you know, I originally said yes, but right now I, I have to say no, I made a mistake. You're choosing the discomfort of those real authentic, vulnerable exchanges with other human beings over not having them and then walking around with a pile of resentment Mm -hmm. of, you know, feeling like you've been exploited or you're unappreciated, or you're never going to transcend this and you're always going to be blamed or you're always going to be the victim or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's choosing the discomfort of these true engagements of kind of speaking your voice, kind of saying, Ooh, this felt really yucky afterward. And I, think we need to talk about X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. um, yeah. over that.
1: Yeah. That's good. And that's where that, that's where that really, um, you know, genuine, uh, either therapeutic or coaching relationship <laughs> comes in because it's kind of like, how do I figure out what I am comfortable with and, right. and what, and what, what does it even feel like to feel uncomfortable? You know, cause a lot of times I don't, like you said, with the defensive mechanisms, they come up and we don't mm-hmm. even, it's so subconscious. So it's so good to, to, to have, to have connection with people who are able to work you through what it means to work through the checking in process and then put these things into practice. It could be because discomfort is scary Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, really scary, even though we could say we're so strong, Mm -hmm. um, and we could be really strong. And I mean, I know for me, I was strong in so many areas. You'd have looked at me and think, Oh, she's so strong. But, but one even tinge of discomfort in certain areas of my life and my boundaries, I, 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 I didn't even know who I was, but yet alone to, to hold a boundary and say no, um, or to, to, to say, you know, that's not going to work for me. I mean, that would have been right. That would have been excruciating for me, you know, until it was so painful that I had to, then it was like, guess what? you know, you're going to learn what this means. Mm -hmm. So I think that just kind of brings us back to, you know, why the coaching and therapeutic relationship is important in that.
0: Well, Kristen, I think this is a beginning of a longer conversation (laughs) because honestly, when, you know, Terry says that it's like, how do people actually engage this boundaries is something that if you think about the term, we hear the term, but what does that actually mean in my own personal life? How do I start it? And I think that's something so important is that really have a guide Sometimes you need a guy that could be able to work That's a coach or a therapist, a counselor that can walk you through and say, Hey, we're going to start a journey on this. And that's why people like you and like us, we're so valuable to come alongside people and to help them establish and discover what that looks like in their lives because they live so long without boundaries. And like you said, it's sucking the life out of their soul. <laughs> I think that's, can I quote you on that? Is yes, that all right? Literally. <laughs> well, what would be something that you would want to leave people thinking about today, you know, regarding boundaries? I know it's a loaded question. So, but uh, what would you want to leave people thinking right now? Because I know that this is a deep, but also an overwhelming conversation for some.
2: Wow. That's a a good question. Cause I'm always, again, I'm, I'm so more about like making soul changes, not just behavioral changes. So, you know, it's one thing to be just reading a boundaries chart or for it to seep into your soul and actually be an extension of your self-love and your authenticity, you know? So, um, I would just always acknowledge that, um, God, that's hard because again, Terry, Terry, Hit the nail on the head to say that I think we fool ourselves when we think we're very opinionated or mm. strong willed in certain categories of our life. We fool ourselves into thinking that, oh, that means I'm well boundaried across the board. Yeah. But I've yet to really find someone that does not need to fine tune their boundaries. Because again, it's all tied into that vulnerability and shame piece. And all of that is very unconscious. Mm. So I too would have been, um, I would have initially asserted that I had very great boundaries in X, Y, and Z category of my life. But the truth was, is that deep down, I felt Unloved, unheard, I felt unappreciated. I felt right. So that's just um part of that might be just unhealthy engagements with other people, but part of that I have to take ownership and accountability for it's me because I am not speaking up. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not doing the work to figure out who I am and how I I need to be loved and how I need engagements in relationships to um exist so I can feel fulfilled mm-hmm. in my heart and my
0: soul yeah wow so well,
1: it puts us back on the the journey
0: well and i think that this is going to be can we just say part one can you get, sure. on, can we beg you to come back and and can we continue the conversation because i think people are going to say uh we need more of this now i know people need to be responsible to take a step you Absolutely. know and to take a step forward and that that risk factor in our lives is sometimes the biggest challenge for us am i willing to take a risk here? Um, and in that, feel uncomfortable with it, you know, and Indeed. to be able to step forward. And but that is where we find our greatest fulfillment um, is through that pain, you know, and that that scary feeling in our our gut, you know. So, well, we just heard it live here that Kristen will be back here. So that's good news. <laughs> all right. So we have it recorded. Uh, but thank you for have I uh, thank you for coming here today and uh, being with us and. Yeah. And we're so thankful for you and what you do.
1: And and how can people get a hold of you directly if something you said today, wow, that I, I would like to, you know, be in more contact, you know, maybe journey with you a bit.
2: Right. I have my website, uh, com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Um, I have my YouTube channel, which has a lot of my um, communications there um, in the comments sections. And I have uh, my email, which is kristinsnowden, M-F-T, is in marriage and family therapist, at gmail
0: cool that makes it pretty clear so thanks for coming today and we want to thank everybody for joining us here today at life unplugged uh, we have many more things coming up uh, with more podcasts that we have lined up to to give you as a resource and so keep coming back check out our website at live lifeunplug.org. Uh, there's great resources on that and a great way of connecting with us and others and so we hope you guys have a great day and we'll see you next time here at life unplugged
1: If you'd like to hear more from James and Terry, subscribe to this channel. Check out their website at jamesandterrycraft.com or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter.